So we got some bad news the other day. There were more than 100,000 drug overdose deaths last year. So I'm not going to attempt to solve this problem today. This is not a public policy podcast, and I don't think public policy can fix it anyway. I do have some ideas for things we could be doing. If you really want to read those ideas, go to my Substack and check out my piece, Drugs Are Bad, which is the second piece I wrote on the Substack. So we have 100,000 drug overdose deaths. If you go back 20 years ago, drug overdose deaths were less than 20,000. Now, there was no fentanyl back then. And everybody knows that fentanyl will kill you in a second. And people do it anyway. Why is that? Well, when you ask people this question, they usually say it has something to do with the meaninglessness of life and how people are unemployed or they have low-paying jobs or their life sucks, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I've had low-paying jobs. Uh, I've never wanted to take fentanyl, so I don't think that's it. I don't think, I don't think it's an economic problem. I don't think it's poverty. I really don't. Um, 20 years, you know, 20 years ago, there were low paying jobs back then and there were less than 20,000 drug overdose deaths. You know, there people, the difference is, is that back then people had meaning in their lives and today they don't. So why is that? What has changed? Why do people find life so difficult now? You know, especially when you consider that in real terms, like economically, we're all a lot better off. People's standard of living is much higher. We're wealthier. We're healthier. We're happier. So what is this? I can't answer this question, but I really think it's a matter of perspective, and I can only speak from my perspective. So I work my ass off every day to make money. So what is the point? What is the point of working your ass off every day to make money? Why would you do that? Because you're going to die someday and you can't take the money with you. So why would you do that? The answer is it's fun. It's fun to work your ass off. I enjoy what I do. And that gives my life purpose. Plus my 25-year marriage to my wife and my six cats and all my friends. That is a life with purpose. You know what else gives me purpose? Thinking. Thinking and writing. My job is to think about things and communicate those thoughts to other people, making everyone smarter. And that's my life. I have an incredible life. I enjoy it a lot. But let's say circumstances were different and I were working at Waffle House for minimum wage. And then I went home to my crappy apartment and watched TV. Would I still think I have a life with purpose? Absolutely. I totally, I believe that I do. Yeah. There is dignity in work, no matter what that work is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how small your contribution is. There's dignity in all work, no matter what position you have in society, you can make the world a better place, even in very small ways. So why did people find meaning in their life in 2000, but not in 2022? I don't know. Is it politics? A lot of people say it's politics. I don't think it's politics. Probably not. Is it the economy? I mean, I mean, the you know labor force dynamics have changed a lot. The participation rate has gone down, and all that stuff. But I don't, I don't really think that's it. I don't think it's it, and I don't have the answer. 
But if you think of the decision process that you go through when taking fentanyl, you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, and either it's going to be a lot of fun or I'm going to die. And maybe I have a one in three chance of dying. So let's do it anyway. That is an amazing decision process. You know, um, I don't know. I mean, do you take the risk? The amount of people who are making that decision every day just astounds me. And I am not a prude about drugs. You want to treat your body like an amusement park? Be my guest. Believe it or not, I have, I have not taken drugs in my life. Not once. Not even marijuana. I've never had drugs. Uh, I was always of the opinion that life is enough fun as it is. So how do we fix this situation? Can't. Because this is an existential problem. It's not, it's not something that the government can do and nudge tax rates a little bit here and give some free housing over there and can't fix it. It's not how you fix it. Because we are talking about trying to get people to find meaning in their lives. Really, it comes from leadership and having someone in a position of authority using the bully pulpit to do certain things. For example, if you had the president stand up and say, everybody should get a job. Because there is dignity in all work and everybody has to have a contribution, no matter how small. There are more jobs available than workers. There's plenty of jobs out there. Because it's bad when people have unstructured free time. Free time is bad, you know. It's bad when I have unstructured free time because I start looking for ways to get in trouble. And to me, there is no such thing as a dead-end job. Absolutely not. I was talking to a kid about that a couple of months ago. He had the option of working at one of the grocery stores doing whatever, and he says, it's a dead-end job. I'm like, absolutely, it's not a dead-end job. You know, you work there for six months, then you get promoted, then you get promoted, and then you take another job, and next thing you know, you're making 100 grand a year. It's not a dead-end job. It's where you start. That's you got to start somewhere, you know. Form meaningful relationships. Having friends having family, acquaintances. You know, what's happened, this is, I think, is a big part of it, is uh, is social media, because people don't go outside. They live in isolation, and they're on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, and they're by themselves, and that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. I mean, get a cat, get a dog. <laughs> you got to be responsible for something. You know, people should have friends. They should have family. They should have places to go. You know, isolation. Isolation is really, really harmful. It is. And that's just what happened during the pandemic. You know, we had two years of isolation. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, this is going to be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. Go to church. And this this is coming from somebody who doesn't go to church. I don't go to church. Uh, I don't, I'm not a religious person. I do, I am a deeply spiritual person, but I'm not religious. I don't participate in organized religion. Uh, the only reason I say this is because there's millions of people that go to church and they get a lot out of it. You know, there's, and, and of course there's millions of people that don't go to church and they get something out of that. But all I'm saying is it works for a lot of people. So do not have contempt prior to investigation, you know? I mean, that really is a community that you can be a part of. And and that's, you know, regardless of, you know, what you believe about God or religion or anything else, if you're, if, if you go to church and you're part of this group of people and you're part of the community, then that's, you're forming connections with people and that's a good thing.
you know. Have hobbies, things you love to do. Hiking, biking, sports, poetry, music, art, pottery, something else. Like, that's really what it is for me. I mean, for me, it's music. Like, if I didn't have music, I would be totally lost, you know? And I always kind of find it weird. And I'm not talking about people doing fentanyl. I'm just saying in general. Like, I know a lot of people that don't have hobbies. I'm like, what's your hobby? They're like, I really, there's nothing I like to do. What? There's nothing you like to do. (laughs) I've never heard of that before. How can you not have a hobby? You know? So... If you don't have any of these things in your life, no friends, no family, no job, no hobbies, no spiritual life, you're not responsible for anyone or anything, yeah, this is how people lose meaning in their lives. So why is that different today from 2000? I don't know. Now, the interesting thing about 2000 is that we were kind of at the tail end of this big moral panic about drugs from 1980 to 2000. And drug use went way down. And... For reasons unknown to me, it was kind of uncool to do drugs. I mean, in my high school, if you did drugs, like just even just pot, like if you did pot, you were a burnout. You're one of the heads. You know, you had no future. And by the way, all the kids that did pot in my high school ended up not having a future. They did terrible in life, you know, because they, they had diminished their character. They had crossed this invisible line. So, yeah, I mean, it was uncool to do drugs when I was a kid. It's not the case now. Not anymore. Now it's cool to do drugs, you know. So, I mean, marijuana went from being a gateway drug to being a miracle drug. Now now you have to do it because it has all these health benefits. I mean, I've never seen a rehabilitation and reputation so fast as for marijuana. So... The drug war was a very bad thing. We put a lot of people in jail who didn't need to be in jail. But I'm not talking about making drugs illegal. I'm talking about making them uncool. How do you do that? Uh, My guess is it'll happen organically. We will, at some point, we will reach our limit. We will have peak frustration with this. And we'll say, you know what, 100,000 people dying of drugs every year is enough. So... Uh, In Myrtle Beach, the drug problem is, I wouldn't say it's terrible. It's not like Ohio or New Hampshire or places like that, but it is pretty bad. We have our share of fentanyl deaths. Um, This is is killing a lot more people than the crack epidemic in the early 1990s. A lot more, even when you take into account crime. It's killing more people. And the crazy thing is, nobody cares. Nobody cares. There's no moral panic about it. That's the thing that's nuts. And it's kind of true of all social trends in general. You know, people had a moral panic about drugs when they were 20,000 overdose deaths a year. Now we have 100,000 and nobody cares. You know, it's nuts. Anyway, talking about having jobs, you know, I've always had a job. I had a job when I was a teenager. I had two jobs. Uh, My first job, I was a church organist. I played at a Unitarian church. I got paid 50 bucks a service while my friends were getting paid three bucks an hour to bag groceries. So I felt pretty smug about that. And I used to go into the church at night and practice and the bats would be flying all over the place. It was awesome. It's a lot of fun. 
I actually got a girlfriend out of that job. There was a girl in the congregation. She was a freshman. Her father was a dentist. She was kind of a screwed up kid. Used to drive around town in my Shabbat. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Be Smart Podcast. I'm Jared Dillian. See you next time.